Welcome to the Global Health Rehabilitation Initiative podcast from the School of Physical and Occupational Therapy, McGill University. Today, I will be speaking with Dr. Andrew Hatella, a cultural psychologist, qualitative and community health researcher, and a medical anthropologist with community-based research experience in urban Canadian contexts and rural communities in southern Belize. He's an assistant professor in the Department of Community Health Sciences at the University of Manitoba. The GHRI podcast hosts guests who work in the field of global and community health and rehabilitation and are short interviews conducted with our Global Health Forum speakers. Both the podcasts and the forums are venues for the GHRI to engage rehab students and faculty to current topics and pressing issues in the field and ultimately show how they can get involved. All the GHRI podcasts can be found on the McGill School of Physical and Occupational Therapy website under the Global Health tab. My name is Monica Slanik, and I will be hosting this podcast. So welcome, Dr. Hatala. I'd like to start from the beginning. Your education is in psychology, as I understand. Tell me a little bit about your career path and what led you to global health or working in communities the way you do. Sure, thanks Monica, it's good to be here. Uh, My PhD is officially in psychology from the University of Saskatchewan, uh, but my supervisor at the time was a medical anthropologist. So a lot of my training and theoretical knowledge really comes from that field. So it's a little bit different from mainstream psychology. Um, But basically he was doing work in Belize uh, with a group of traditional indigenous healers and I applied to work with him because a lot of aspects of the project really interested me. And I went there for about a year in 2011, and that's, that's where I did most of my research. So after being in Belize for some time, you came back to University of Saskatchewan or University of Manitoba? I came back to University of Saskatchewan, did my work there, finished my dissertation and the, you know involving the work we did in Belize. And then after that, I actually applied to do a postdoc fellowship uh, with the Canadian Institute of Health Research. So I applied for that, looking more in local context around Saskatoon. At the time, after I came back from Belize, I also started volunteering with youth-run uh, organizations in Saskatoon. And so some of my work following uh, my PhD involved uh, looking at resilience and wellness among Indigenous youth. And so I did a two-year postdoc in Community Health and Epidemiology Department at the University of Saskatchewan uh, following my PhD work in psychology. So then after that is when I moved to uh, University of Manitoba. After my postdoc, I started thinking about applying for jobs and looking what was out there and uh, the community health science department at the University of Manitoba was hiring and, and it was a really good a really good fit. Nice. Um, thank you for coming to Montreal for talking to our students and telling them about your career path and your work. Um, was there a specific moment in any of your so in your work in Belize or in Saskatoon, something that really said to you, okay, I belong in community health and this is where I want, like what was that specific moment that brought you, that kept you there? Well, I think, it, I guess it started back during my undergrad really where I was in a cultural psychology course 
and my supervisor at the time, James Waldrum, was doing a presentation on some of his work in Belize and just really trying to get us as students to question the relationship between different kinds of knowledge that generated in the Western type system, specifically around psychology and mental health, um, that generated in North American context. And he was comparing that to some of the knowledge generated from the indigenous uh, perspectives uh, with the Mayan people in Belize specifically. And that just really opened my mind and sparked a lot of interest on how different systems of knowledge relate and interact together. So since then, my path has really been pursuing that, that conversation between different systems of knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, how they relate and how they differ. And um, that's just really sparked a lot of my interest and motivation um, to pursue this work. I mean, primarily because I feel there are a lot of limitations that are identified with with Western-type knowledge and approaches to health and health promotion in general, and we don't have to get into all of those, but there, you know, there are limitations identified with biomedical approaches to health and healthcare and mental health, and a lot of the Indigenous uh, knowledges and approaches are, you know, at least from my perspective, really complementary with or support or offer a different way of of interacting with people and supporting health and well-being, uh, bringing in you know more perspectives than just the physiological or the physical, mm-hmm. thinking about uh, spiritual aspects as well, which, which aren't always brought into the conversation mm-hmm. in Western contexts. And I really resonated with that and wanted to to support that and learn about that and bring that into the conversation in, in Western contexts. And so, are you you're teaching now at University of Manitoba? I am, yes. I teach a a course. It's a graduate level course basically on culture uh, and how culture impacts health and healthcare and healthcare systems. Interesting. And are you able to bring some interesting examples to your class, I'm sure? Yeah, absolutely. We talk about the work in Belize, but also highlight different cases around around the world, really showing where uh, different knowledges uh, are generated to support health and well-being and how those relate to to what's being done in in western more biomedical settings mm-hmm. interesting is there a specific example that just like something very specific that you could share with us that is very different in belize let's say from canada in terms of how health um, is something in health yeah well i mean i think it's it's a it's a big conversation because a lot of uh, the understandings and perspectives of health from other places around the world really involve like a whole worldview and culture mm. and involve understandings of what the person is in relation to their environment that is often different from the understandings uh, within biomedical systems. So, for example, people are seen to have like a spiritual aspect to them in a lot of indigenous cultures around the world and so the treatment approach would address that as well and Mm -hmm. often involves things like ceremony things like prayer that bring support to those spiritual aspects of the patient Um, not just from like an existential perspective on like the meaning or purpose of life kind of ideas that we might find resonant within biomedical discourse especially in psychiatry or psychology but also like more about like ontological perspectives about the nature of reality and um, just one one example is is 
kinds of illness where people spirit leaves their body for a time and mm-hmm. as a result they become sad or depressed or or you know some kind of phenomenological change based on the the separation from their spirit and so bringing that back bringing that spirit back and helping you know reconnect the individual with that is is an important part of the the healing practice there which is something that would be very different from the biomedical perspective mm-hmm. and how that relates to biomedical systems of knowledge um, you know isn't always easy to have that conversation would you say a difference is that the spirituality is not only part of understanding the person but may also be used in the treatment plan absolutely yeah and there also and not necessarily in major communities here let's say yeah absolutely Mm, that, that's that's really interesting the spirituality the spirits mm-hmm. I actually feel I need to think about that and reflect on that a little bit myself I guess that's what I'll be doing after <laughs> let's come back to your work here in Canada you currently have well it's not just in Canada but you currently have a CAIHR you mentioned a new investigator award and I understand that there are three projects that you'll be working on over the next five years Uh, Maybe you touched on them a little bit, but could you describe each one in a brief sentence? Sure, I can try. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, after after the postdoctoral fellowship in at the University of Saskatchewan, after coming to the University of Manitoba, I applied for the new investigator award as just to support our ongoing projects. And so, what it really involves, I mean, the overarching umbrella has to do with advancing health equity and really being aware of some of the systematic differences between the health of like the general population and typically in various countries, the indigenous uh, peoples, there tends to be discrepancies there. Um, And so the overarching umbrella of the three projects is around advancing health equities and Mm. how that's done um, involves bringing in uh, indigenous knowledges um, to support some of the biomedical approaches to to health and healthcare. So the context which that happens is is building off our work in Belize from my PhD. Um, not so much learning about the the healers like we did uh, for my previous studies, but now more about how to have the conversation with the Ministry of Health and the government systems around the interrelationships between uh, indigenous healing and that knowledge and the biomedical systems. So eventually, within the next three years, we hope to build a clinic in Belize, uh, in the northern parts of the country, where this will be happening, where a healer and a biomedical practitioner of some kind will be working and learning to operate within the same space. Mm -hmm. And we'll do sort of an evaluation of how that process is going, for the patient's perspective, from the healthcare provider perspective, and use that as like an example or template to share with the Ministry of Health in Belize um, about how, as a model really, of how this kind of interaction, uh, integration between systems can work. Sorry, that was a long uh, explanation, but that was one, one aspect of the new investigator award. The other two pieces are related to work in Canada uh, mm-hmm. with, again, similar community-based collaborative work with indigenous communities. One piece is actually focusing on youth and looking at re- things like resilience and wellness and and really building on the strengths that exist in a lot of uh, urban populations, uh, strengths of indigenous young people. During some of my volunteer work in Saskatoon, 
Um, that's one of the things that I noticed right away is how many positive examples there are of youth who are doing really well. They're happy, they're healthy, they're strong, um, they're confident, they're, you know, they aren't following the stereotypes that sometimes you see in the media or mm-hmm. hear about where Indigenous youth are have higher rates of, of various mental illnesses or, or different kinds of health issues. Um, we really wanted to, in collaboration with our with a lot of our community organizations, we really wanted to help bring that out, bring out those stories of strength, of resilience, and what really helps y- young people stay happy and healthy. So that's one piece. Okay. And the third one? And the third one is looking at um, HIV AIDS, really... I'm not an HIV AIDS researcher. I don't know a lot of the biological aspects, but more from the social perspective of treatment from Indigenous individuals who are seeking health care and support for for having HIV AIDS. And um, we're looking at how people, Indigenous people with HIV AIDS, can be trained as like peer support workers or supporters or helpers mm. for those uh, in their communities who have the condition and can be advocates and, and really help spread the knowledge. and um. Okay. Um, the Indigenous communities that you d- work with, are you, do you stay in Manitoba or do you go out throughout Canada or ha- what's your network for working with this population? In Canada, it, the youth work really builds off the work we did in Saskatoon. So some of the work still continues in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Then since moving to Manitoba over the last few years, I've been slowly building relationships with youth organizations in in that context as well, so in Winnipeg. Um, Then actually we just received some funding from the CHR project grant that's gonna support the new investigator award to build this work into two other sites as well, so Thunder Bay and Halifax. Um, So there's community partners in those four cities, Saskatoon, Winnipeg, Thunder Bay, and Halifax. And that's a five-year project in the next five years. That's nice. So that's almost across the country. Mm, Almost. Almost. And is there a little bit of work in Belize also with the youth? No, we haven't done a lot of work with youth in Belize. Um, Yeah, most of that work, again, is at the systems level looking at integration between uh, the indigenous knowledges of mostly right. the Mayan, but also the Grifina people as well in Belize and the bio, uh, the Biomedical Ministry of Health System. Okay, that's, that's interesting. It's really, um, it's nice to see something so broad across the country. If somebody wanted to get involved or a student wanted to get involved somewhere in Canada or learn more about it, is there somewhere they can contact or? For the youth mm-hmm. work in particular, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we're just starting to build uh, sort of the systems and the coordinators and, and actually how the project is going, which we're really excited about, is our first step is to is to train uh, youth from each of those four communities to actually be the leads on the ones who are carrying out and conducting all the research. So that's what's happening over this first year. and. We, we don't have like a website or anything set up yet, which, you know, we're debating if that would be useful or, you know, or, or how to kind of coordinate and organize between the different sites. But um, like my email, they can shoot me an email if people are interested in learning more. Um, it's, it's on our University of Manitoba website or it can be presented here. Okay, okay. I can <laughs> add it on the end of the podcast. If you were to meet a student here at the school, 
and they had questions on, on starting to, you know, they're, they're becoming rehabilitation clinicians, but if they wanted to work, let's say, with the indigenous community here or somewhere abroad, what advice would you give them in terms of the type of courses to take or where they should volunteer or where they should get involved? Yeah, there's lots of there's lots of good literature out there um, to would be a good start. Like myself, I'm not indigenous, but I've always found um, like a resonance in working with those communities, primarily because of the the different perspectives of spirituality and things that are welcomed uh, in in those spaces. So really encouraging students to read read things like the truth and reconciliation reports that just came out um, there's a lot of uh, indigenous scholars that have really important perspectives that you know offer critiques to western approaches to knowledge and research in particular margaret kovach at the university of saskatchewan has a book on indigenizing uh, methodologies research different scholars sean wilson is another one um, looking at uh, research as ceremony and how mm-hmm. actually the generation of knowledge is is or can be looked at as a ceremonial process a lot of our work with youth has drawn on on some of those insights decolonizing methodologies uh, 1999 it's a little bit of an older book but really provides a foundation for for critiquing some of the assumptions um, especially like colonial influences that that have shaped a lot of western kinds of research of um, individuals from a european background going into different communities especially in the context of global health that's something that students i think always have to be reflective on and critical of is what are they bringing into that process Mm -hmm. how do we you know reflect on our on our assumptions of reality on things like privilege Uh, i think that's that's really important to to question and reflect on um, hopefully uh, different courses provide that opportunity but mm-hmm. sometimes you have to go out and seek different kinds of literature to support that and begin your own reflective process on how you know what are your assumptions of knowledge and what is acceptable and and um, yeah really being open to reflecting and learning uh, but you also mentioned volunteering, mm-hmm. connecting with local communities, you know, if there are events going on at friendship centers or things to to go and, and experience and try to build those relationships and connections. Um, that's something that I've always tried to do over the last 10 years or so, and it's really valuable. It adds a lot of local knowledge, community-based knowledge um, is very rich, mm-hmm. and and there isn't just knowledge in the university in the academic setting there's a lot of valuable knowledge in the community in the local context and so being open to seeing that and experiencing that and having conversations with with people who have lived experience uh, in areas that you're interested in researching can really add a lot of strength to your to your program and to your research and your learning good so um getting involved in communities is one thing and then uh a lot of reading actually a lot of extra reading <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, also like reflecting like you know that in that internal journey too at coming in touch with with our own cultures and how we are raised and the lenses we were uh, raised to see the world with and mm-hmm. you know working in with and partnering with indigenous communities uh, requires us to reflect on that especially as non-indigenous uh, individuals mm-hmm which really, I mean, that's a lot of what the 
things like the truth and reconciliation uh, process and any kind of anti-racism type initiatives to move forward uh, in Canadian society, those are those are the important things to really learn about and reflect on. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a lot of different uh, communities, but within our own community, living in Canada, within our own community, our classrooms, our, our cities, there's so many different cultures mm-hmm. because of our population. There's, we're made up of different mm-hmm. uh, cultures and everybody mixed in together. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think some of the knowledge that you're learning from larger communities can be applied to our own interactions within our classroom communities or our everyday communities? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a lot of ways, that is that is the hope uh, of a lot of our projects is really generating knowledge of how different systems of knowledge, uh, which another way of saying that is just how different cultures learn to interact. How do they get along? How do we draw on the strengths of different cultures? How do we see the value of other kinds of, of knowing, other ways of knowing? And how do we learn to work together moving forward? Um, Mm -hmm. Do we kind of work in parallel, supporting each other? Do we learn how to integrate? All of those questions are, you know, informing informing our work for sure. Um, That really does speak to some of the broader societal issues that we face right now as a as an increasingly global global world. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you. Thank you for being here and for letting us know, for summarizing your projects for us and and providing us with definitely lots to think about in terms of the different cultures that we've talked about and that you've described, the systems of knowledge, the spirituality, and how we can learn from each other and perhaps make changes moving forward. I look forward to see what changes you'll be able to make in the healthcare system. I will definitely include your contact info in case anybody would like to get in touch. And that's it. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Isna. I was happy to be here and thanks for the opportunity.